As a recovering people pleaser, setting and maintaining boundaries in my business hasn't been the easiest. I spent years dealing with frustrating projects, feeling walked over by clients, and to be honest, feeling a growing resentment around my business. I'm proud to say that I now have clarity and confidence in how I'm running my business and how I'm showing up for my clients. Yes, I've polished my client process and have a better understanding of what kinds of clients and projects I enjoy taking on. This all comes with time and experience. All of this has helped me move the needle forward. But a lot of my growth and the groundedness I feel in my business has to do with the boundaries I've put in place. In this lesson, I'm sharing with you what I've learned in hopes I can help you speed up that learning process and start making really powerful shifts in your own design business. First, in order to set boundaries, you need to know your boundaries. There may be some obvious things that come up related to uncomfortable situations with clients or that time a project got way out of control with a number of revisions you made or the resentful feelings that arose when you started getting texts from a client at 9 p.m. at night. Cringe. I also challenge you to flip the script and think about what the dreamiest vision of your business looks like. What do you want your daily schedule to look like? How can your work actually support the lifestyle you crave? What kind of process yields your best work? How many hours do you want to work per week? What kinds of projects do you want to take on? How many projects can you reasonably handle at a time? Getting real with yourself there. What are you flexible on when working with clients? And what are your non-negotiables? Write these answers down. Once you know what you want your business to look like, it'll be easier to know what boundaries you want to put in place. And then it'll be time to make some shifts. Here are three ways to create better boundaries in your design business. Number one, structure your services to support your boundaries. Someone wise once told me, whenever boundaries feel hard, ask yourself, what structure can I put in place to make things feel easier? This has made a huge difference in how I operate in my business. Adding structure around your services and project schedule and having a plan and solutions for how you handle opportunities that come your way that aren't a good fit, it will help you honor your boundaries and make you feel more grounded and make you a happier business owner all around. Here are some examples of how I've personally added structure to my services to better support my boundaries. First example is... The boundary I set. I wanted to stop being stretched so thin and work with less clients at a time, but still reach my financial goals. My solution was I consolidated my branding process into one month, raised my rates, and put together a project schedule that has me working with only one new branding client every month, which results in around nine to 10 new branding clients per year. Another example boundary. I wanted to start saying no to small graphic design projects that always seem to drag on forever and just don't feel worth it in the end, but I still wanted to support my ongoing clients with their graphic design work. The solution I came up with is I started offering day rates, aka design days. Clients book me for the day and we work through their design to-do list. There's no more spending hours creating custom proposals for small projects. Clients love the quick turnaround and we get through so much in one dedicated day. A third example, the boundary I wanted to set, I wanted to stop offering website design and focus on branding. It was a huge deal. 
but I didn't want to leave my clients high and dry after we wrapped up their brand because so many people needed a website next. So my solution was I did let go of website design and I created a network of website designer referral partners who live and breathe websites. I find the perfect fit for each client and work to ensure a smooth transition from branding to website. How your design services are structured should be unique to you. So again, be honest about your own interests and talents and capacity and what you want your business to feel like day to day. Then structure your services and set boundaries in a way that makes sense to you and helps you do your best work. Remember, you're the business owner. You get to make these decisions. Number two, clearly communicate your expectations to clients up front. We've all had experiences with client projects where things go awry and there's frustration on one or both ends. Sometimes it's a matter of a simple misunderstanding, being human, forgetting, or maybe it's not a good personality match that makes working together difficult. And sometimes it's us. Yes, it's true that you can do everything in your power to communicate details around your project, and sometimes the client still won't get it. But when difficulties come up during client projects, I believe that we as designers need to always take a look at our role and make changes that help things go smoother in the future. Ultimately, it's our job to lead the project, guide our clients, and clearly communicate details and expectations to them up front. If they're confused or not understanding something mid-project, it's important to go back and look at our communication and see where we can improve. I'm still doing this years into my business. Because at the end of the day, we want our clients to not only walk away with a wonderful final product, but also have a fantastic experience. And that involves clear and thorough communication. So here are some of the most important expectations to set with your design clients for every project. First is your next available project opening. Note this upfront during the inquiry process so they aren't surprised when they get your proposal and timeline. They'll be more likely to sign off and pay their down payment right away. Number two, project timeline. I'm a big believer in outlining a specific timeline for clients, including due dates for every proof and deliverable, as well as when I need to receive their feedback throughout our time together. I always build in wiggle room should they need more time to review or we get off by a couple days. You know, the creative process isn't always completely linear, as we know, but a specific timeline outlined in your proposal and communication after they've booked helps maintain that project momentum, keeps everyone accountable, and ensures everyone is clear on what they're responsible for and when all up front. I have project timelines outlined in my project management system I use also so clients can refer to it anytime during our project. Another thing is client content and homework due dates. Collecting content from clients is a big pain pain point for many designers. We talk about this a lot inside the Designer Mentorship Program. And yes, it's important to understand that clients are busy like us. But when it comes to design projects, it's important that they get you what you need to do the job they hired you to do and on time. So clearly communicate a due date for when the client needs to get their completed content, whether it's copywriting photos, etc., their branding workbook, you know, highlight these due dates everywhere within your project timeline, in your proposal, in your contract, in your post booking communication, everywhere. You could even set up automatic reminders for them to complete it within your project management system. In your contract, be sure to have a clause that covers what happens if they don't get you what you need on time, You know whether it's a delayed project start date or additional fees, etc. 
because I promise you it will happen at some point and it's important that you protect yourself and your time. Also make sure that you're setting expectations and a policy for your payment schedule. When are project payments due? Whether 100% is due up front or you're breaking up your project payments, be sure you outline this very clearly in your proposal and contract so they don't miss it. Set up email reminders in your project management system if you can. I know I mentioned this in a previous lesson. These can go out when the payment is due and it just is an automated reminder to take the pressure off you to bug them about making their payment. Also be sure to set expectations for communication. Will you communicate via email or a project management system? Are you okay with receiving texts and or unscheduled calls or should everything be done via email? How can clients schedule meetings with you? How many days do they have in between revisions to get back to you? And what happens if you don't hear back from them? These are all the things to think about and include in your proposal, contract, and initial conversations, and it will really help ensure that you set good boundaries up front. If your client veers from the modes of communication you outlined, you can just kindly redirect them back to how or where you need them to contact you. It doesn't have to be a big deal, but it helps to explain why you have things set up this way. For example, to make sure all our communication is in one place and nothing slips through the cracks so that they do understand and will be more likely to continue communicating with you in the way you'd like. Also, number of revisions. Can we talk about this? Projects with endless revisions. We've all been there, right? Help minimize all the back and forth up front by determining and having clear communication the number of rounds of revisions that are included with every phase of your project. For example, in my branding process, there is one round of revisions during the mood board phase, two rounds with their chosen branding concept, and one round with their marketing collateral. I also make sure to include a policy that outlines that my hourly rate will be charged if they request more revisions. Now, your expectations and policies may look different from mine, which is totally fine, depending on the type of design work you do, your ideal client, and other factors. But the point is to know what you need from your client in order to have a successful project and communicate that clearly up front in writing and verbally if you feel the need so you can have something to fall back on if things do get off track. The third way to start setting better boundaries is to get comfortable saying no. When I first started my business, I was a yes person. I took on any and every project that was offered to me. I worked crazy hours. I let clients run the project instead of me leading it. I would quote projects on the low end of things due to a scarcity mindset. The list goes on. Now, going through these growing pains is part of the journey and the lessons you learn from experiencing them is so invaluable. But if you're starting to feel a lot of resentment about your clients and design projects, if you're feeling undervalued in the work you're doing, if you're feeling burnt out, like, is this even worth it? It may be time to start putting up better boundaries and becoming more comfortable saying no. This was really hard for me at first, since I do have people-pleasing tendencies, like I've said. But now I say no all the time in my business. Quite frankly, probably more than I say yes. It feels very empowering actually when I set a boundary because I know that when I say no to something, it gives me the opportunity to say a big yes to something else. Here are some examples. I say no to working with multiple branding clients at a time. So I can say yes to pouring my creative energy, focus, and devoted attention to one branding client, to having time in my schedule to serve my past branding clients with their ongoing graphic design needs, and to spending lots of time with my kids, a key reason I started my business in the first place. 
I also say no to taking on small one-off design projects and doing hourly work. So I can say yes to having a simplified project schedule with specific branding slots and designated design days for past clients, which also helps me avoid feeling creatively exhausted, leads to more predictable finances, and gives me both the structure and the flexibility I need to run a life-first business. Plus, I save time not having to do lots of custom proposals. Can you tell I hate doing that? I also say no to doing everything myself and inevitably allowing things to fall through the cracks. I do that so I can say yes to more white space in my days and weeks while still moving toward my business goals. This has involved hiring a VA to help me with both weekly marketing and admin tasks, as well as bigger business projects that would otherwise never get done, and leaning on my production designer to help me with specific parts of my client branding process. These are just a few examples based on my own personal and business goals. Yours may and should look completely different because they'll be rooted in your own business goals and vision for your design studio. So I'm going to leave you with a simple question. What boundaries do you need to put into place in your design business? What do you need to start saying no to so you can continue focusing on what's most important in your business and in your life? What kind of structure and policies can you put in place for your services, your process, your communication with your clients to help make setting boundaries easier in the moment? It does take time and practice setting boundaries in order to feel confident in these decisions you're making. However, you will soon see the impact they have on your business as a whole and the growth you experience, as well as how anchored you feel in your day to day and how you are building a business that you love. How we spend our days is how we spend our lives. So let's start putting better boundaries in place so we can build a business that we're proud of, that we're confident in, and that serves our clients well.